Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. R&B has a huge selection of quality SUVs, cars, trucks, crossovers, and minivans. You can go to rbcarcompany.com for special offers and promotions today. Uh, the memes on the Discord server for the flood watch that is in effect for most of the MNC listening area against a watch, so we're keeping an eye on it, um, have been really funny because people are starting to talk about me keeping, because I live near the river, uh, keeping an eye out for the lime green bike. <laughs> in case, in case. <laughs> and uh, people are now posting pictures of, of lime bikes in the river, and it's... Uh, it's funny. It's good stuff. I needed that laugh. Thank you. All right, 574-2595-953. Also, breaking news, Reuters is reporting that two loud blasts followed by sirens were heard in the green zone in Baghdad tonight, just a few minutes ago. Causes not immediately clear. This is also not exactly a rare occurrence there. It's just that Everything that happens that sounds like a firework is going to be big news here because of everything that's been happening with Iran. Okay, So um, I wouldn't get too uppity about it, but pay attention to it just in case, and I'll keep monitoring it as well in case anything develops. All right, Illegal immigrants have been rescued after getting stuck on top of Trump's wall. Huh. Border Patrol had to ride to the rescue of three migrants on Sunday after they got stuck on top of the border wall in San Diego. A man and two women tried to use dense fog to cover their attempt to climb a section of 30-foot-high fence, part of a nearby 100 miles of replacement wall built under Trump. uh, They cleared the primary fence up along the border, but became stuck atop the fog-slicked secondary fence, which is set back from the boundary line, creating an enforcement corridor between the two fences. It is not clear how they managed to scale the two walls, though Customs and Border Protection suggested that they likely had smugglers who were helping them, but then abandoned them when they got stuck. So, um, and and again, the walls, the the new section of the wall has been working really well. Uh, The reviews on them from border officials have been pretty good. And yes, there have been videos of some of them being able to scale these walls. Again, every every barrier can be defeated. Every barrier. We told you this going back a couple of years. Don't expect this thing to be impenetrable. That's not going to happen. The idea is to slow everybody down so that once you try to climb it, Border Patrol will know where you are and be able to get to you. That's the whole point of it. And that is exactly how it has happened. Although there is that one funny video where they got to the top and they went over the other side and then they fell down and broke their legs. That was pretty funny. And uh, they they got caught too, uh, received medical attention. They're A-OK. All three were determined to be in the country without permission. Duh. Uh, These three were very fortunate to not have fallen from the top of the wall. And again, if you have, uh, that's Aaron uh, Heitke, who said they could have been seriously injured or even died. If you haven't seen the video of the illegal immigrants who did climb on top and then they didn't know how to get down and they fell. I mean, it is, it's, it's savage. Uh, If you're squeamish, don't watch it. Let's see. Uh, Falls from the wall do happen, said Supervisory Agent Jeffrey Stevenson, who said that the agents then rushed them to the medical uh, medical facilities to get treatment. 
The falls have led to numerous serious injuries, including broken legs, broken ankles, skull fractures, brain bleeds, broken scapulas, fractured vertebrae, and appendicitis. Wow, you can get appendicitis from falling? I didn't know that. Do you still have yours, Joe? I've still got mine, too. I wonder what it's doing in there. From what I from what I understand, not much of anything. Well, I'm just, you know, we don't know, though. So, for all we know, those of us who still have it are the superior species. Okay. It, it's, in, it's entirely possible that those who don't have it evolved to not need it, and they're the superior species. That's entirely possible, too. I don't know. I'm assuming that it's helping me with my coffee consumption, which is going to be my assumption. I, there's no way that my kidneys are doing this on their own. It's not possible. So... Anyway, so they got stuck. They climbed up there. They got stuck on the top of the wall. The fog made everything all super slippery and all of that stuff. Going back to my assertion that the thing should be greased down on a regular basis. Okay. Nobody listens to me. (laughs) Does this not prove my point, though? This proves my point. They should be greasing the wall like your cast iron pans. Okay. You should be marinating this in some kind of a slick substance. Uh, but they got stuck. They're okay. They got rescued. And, of course, now they're going to be processed and sent back home. And they'll come right back over. And I'm sure they'll pick a drier day next time. All right. 574-2595-953. That's 2595-953. I have to talk about this. Uh, I had a lot of people send this to me over the past couple of days. Okay. Uh, this is real. Some people are asking me if it was fake news or something of that nature. No, Senate Bill 203 in the Indiana Senate is real, okay? However, calm your jets, okay? Relax. Chill out. It's not that big of a deal. If you don't know what Senate Bill 203 is, let me give you the summary here. It is about guns. It prohibits, one... The sale, trade, transfer of a regulated weapon to a person less than 21 years of age. It provides that a dealer or a person who knowingly or intentionally sells, trades, or transfers a regulated weapon to a person less than 21 years of age commits a level 6 felony. So if you sell a gun to a legal adult under the age of 21, it is now a felony if this thing were to pass, which is not even remotely close to passing, okay? Just relax. It provides certain defenses, uh, prohibits a person from processing, selling, or offering for sale a magazine or similar device for a firearm with a capacity of more than 10 rounds of ammo. So it's a 10-round magazine limit as well, so a 30-round or 20-round or whatever round uh, ban. It provides... That a person who knowingly or intentionally openly carries a prohibited weapon in public place uh, in a public place commits carrying a prohibited firearm, a class A misdemeanor. So open carry is now a crime. Creates the crime of unlawful possession of a multi-burst trigger activator. Provides that the possession or sale of a multi-burst tr- uh, burst trigger activator is a class A misdemeanor. Provides that the crime of unlawful possession of a multi-burst trigger activator is a level 6 felony if the person has a prior unrelated conviction for the offense. Okay, so now, this has been introduced in Indiana. It is on the Indiana Senate side. It was introduced by Indiana 
Democrat from Indianapolis, Senator Greg Taylor, okay, who has introduced a whole host of kind of crazy stuff here recently. Um, but what you need to understand is that Senate Bill 203, which was introduced two days ago in the Indiana Senate, was introduced in the Senate Corrections and Criminal Law Committee. It is still in committee. This thing likely is never going to get out of committee, okay? Uh, now, you should be aware of it. There's nothing wrong with being aware of it. But it's also not something that is that is up for a vote to become law at this point in time, all right? You should watch it. You, sh- you should watch all of these things, by the way. You should be subscribing to these services, which send you alerts about what your representatives and senators are doing. That's what you should be doing. Not just in Washington, D.C., but here. Remember, politics at home is far more important than politics in D.C. Far more important. And Senate Bill 203, with everything that's happening in Virginia right now, I get it. People are on really high alert with this stuff. And I understand that. And that makes sense. Uh, But Senate Bill 203 has only been introduced in committee. It hasn't even gotten out of committee yet. So nothing wrong with being aware of it. Nothing wrong with spreading it around and letting people know that there is this guy in, in Indianapolis named Greg Taylor, who's an Indiana senator, Democrat, trying to get something as asinine and stupid as this thing done. But also, I've seen a couple of people really freaking out about it. And it's not nearly to that point yet. You still have to keep in mind that this is a red state. Uh, the idea that they are going to uh, go along with all of this doesn't seem logical. Now, I can see the very weak Republican Party in the state of Indiana, and they are weak. Even though they control the state, they are, they're really squishy middle types. I can see them going along with some of this. But the whole bill is a package? Probably not. And they also probably have a pretty good understanding of what would happen to them electorally if they were to go ahead and push a gun control bill like Senate Bill 203. But it was introduced in the Senate Corrections and Criminal Law Committee. It is still there in the committee. They haven't voted on it in the committee. It hasn't gotten out of the committee. If it does get out of the committee, eh, then you can start having a little chatter about it, okay? But it, it, it is real, okay? Some people thought that maybe it wasn't real. They sent me some messages and said, asked if I can confirm it. Yep, absolutely, 100%. This is real. And it is um, a horrible piece of legislation, an absolutely horrible piece of legislation, again, from this Democrat from Indianapolis, Senator Greg Taylor. It's awful. But it also isn't, at this point in time, it is not um, a serious threat of getting out of committee. Now, if it does get out of committee again, it was introduced just two days ago. If it does get out of committee, yeah, let's let's have a chat about it. But at this point in time, it it you know, it, it, I would be aware of it and I would follow it. I wouldn't necessarily be too nervous about it. All right. So um, it has, <clears throat> excuse me, it has only had the first reading and it was referred to the committee. That's it. No other actions on this bill have been taken. My assumption, okay, this is just a guess, all right? I could totally be wrong on this, but this is just a guess. My assumption is it just sits in this committee and never gets brought up again and dies. Okay, that would be my assumption. Uh, I don't think that there is a strong enough anti-gun sentiment in the state of Indiana, even in the legislature, to be able to go ahead and push something like this through through the committee. Okay, so again, Senate Bill 203 is real. It is an awful gun control bill, and it likely will not see the light of day.
We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. By the way, I want to thank listeners called in Redfield and Ironwood in Niles. There is a police presence there, and the road is blocked. Redfield and Ironwood. You want to avoid that if you can. All right. Um, I, I got a message, if you will, from a liberal relative of mine. And they were gifted a bottle of the all-natural CBD lotion that I endorse. They lift heavy things all day. I, I shouldn't say heavy things. They lift things all day and they get tired. Okay? I don't know if they lift heavy things, but they get tired. Their back hurts. At the end of the day, they finally used the CBD lotion for the first time the other day, gave it five stars, said it was remarkable. Their back pain went away that night, and they felt better the next day than they usually do. Now, they are liberals, so it's entirely possible that they're lying to all of you. But I'm not a liberal, and I also say this stuff is pretty darned amazing. So there's a good chance, ladies and gentlemen, that all-natural CBD lotion is just that amazing. We have given you many testimonials from multiple different people. We've read you letters. We've read you text messages. We've had people call the program and sing its praises. We've had coworkers, more than one coworker, come in and tell us how amazing the product is. I have uh, endorsed it because of what it did for my neck. My wife has used it several times. My mom has used it. My grandma has used it. Everybody uses this stuff, and they all love it. The fact of the matter is, if you have minor aches and pains, if you have arthritis, if you, if you exercise and you get sore muscles like everybody who exercises does, this is a great product for you to try. And it isn't going to break the bank for you to do it. While everybody else out there is trying to get on the CBD gold rush and charge you way too much money for their product because, well, it's the hot item right now, and it's the hot item for a good reason. You can get yourself up to 500 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD, not isolate. Isolate is trash. You want full-spectrum. You can get up to 500 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD in a four-ounce bottle for just $19.99. And you get a 10% discount by using my promo code, KC10. The nearest competitor charges like 60 bucks for a cream, and it's a one-ounce one ounce bottle. This is a lotion, so it's going to moisturize, it's going to soothe your skin, which is perfect for this dry weather that we're having. And of course, it's going to take the pain away. And it's affordable. Go to allnaturalcbd.com. Dot org all natural cbd.org promo code kc10 if you want to pick it up locally go to any local e-cig works location both sides of the border and use the coupon code kc10 it still works at their local stores as well all natural cbd.org promo code kc10 all right, 574-2595-3. The lawyers are going to be really upset about this, although I doubt it's going to stop them. So you know these class action lawsuit lawyers? I See, they're, look, lawyers, lawyers are great when you need one. And I don't mean to denigrate, like we always do, the entire profession of law, because obviously lawyers provide a very important community service for a whole host of reasons. 
But even lawyers crack jokes about how much scum exists in their ranks, right? Uh, and, a, and I would say probably the worst bunch of them are the class action lawsuit lawyers. They're awful. And they will grab onto anything that they possibly can to go make a buck. And they will go out there and they will sue anything that isn't dangerous or isn't harmful because there may or may not be some tiny little twinge of potential harm that could theoretically possibly happen in an alternate universe. For example, the Roundup lawsuits, which are all based on junk science and garbage. Now, those are still pushing forward in spite of the fact that all of the peer-reviewed research shows that Roundup ain't going to hurt you. Okay? But they're still pushing forward, and they're still winning money, which is why I hate these, these types of things. But there's another one that has been out there since I was a little kid. I remember hearing about this. Baby powder is going to give you cancer, especially if you are a lady. Baby powder is going to cause tumors to grow on your ovaries, right? Little old baby powder, the stuff that we put on, you know, babies. It's so gentle, you can put it on a baby. Well, now it's giving everybody cancer. This has been the, the line for at least 30 years that I can remember. A new massive study shows, are you ready for this? No strong link between baby powder and ovarian cancer. Uh-oh. Now, that's not going to stop anything. It's going to continue to go forward. I think most of you are aware of that, but I want to give you the information anyway. There's been a long-standing debate and a slew of lawsuits over whether baby powder containing talc plays any role in the development of some cancers. It doesn't. A large new study isn't likely to settle the controversy anytime soon. Of course not. Tribalism. The latest research included more than 250,000 women and failed to find a statistically significant connection between talc-based powders and ovarian cancer. Now, you have to understand something. We aren't talking about a little survey of 300 people like most of the news articles about scientific research that is going to kill you that we see on the news. We are talking about 250,000 people. Remember the uh, the article that I wrote a couple of years ago? Was it uh, what, two weeks Two studies, and then I compared the the news difference, two weeks or two months, two studies, whatever, compared to the, the difference in the news coverage. So in one case, you had a guy telling you that your cell phone was going to give you brain cancer, right? And this one guy in this tiny little lab had a bunch of mice and rats and things like that that were getting tumors. The problem was that even his control group, which is not exposed to the cell phone radiation, was, was getting tumors at even a higher rate than his research group. So the entire test was garbage. It was not peer-reviewed. There was no valid information in there. He never should have told anybody about his results because his results were trash. If your control group has as likely or more likelihood of getting a brain tumor than your test group, there's a problem with your subjects, not, not the, uh, the radiation. Now, at the same time that this guy's research was everywhere and it was all over the first several pages of the Google results and all over every nightly news broadcast across the country that your cell phone's going to give you cancer in spite of the fact that his research was absolute trash, not peer-reviewed, totally destroyed by the scientific community. But journalists and news readers at the end of the day don't care about that. They want to sell you fear. So they go out there and they tell your cell phone's going to kill you. And then what do they do? They get off the air and they immediately log on to their cell phone and they play games on it and all that other stuff. Meanwhile, the largest ever study on cell phones and brain cancers was being conducted in Australia. 
it is not only a study that had its own subjects. It was a study that collated literally every other peer-reviewed study of the subject in history. And do you know what they found? Zero evidence of any correlation, bless you, Joe, any correlation of your cell phone and brain cancer or tumors. Zero. Zero. Guess which one got all of the news coverage? The one where your cell phone kills you. That's the one that did it. Had not, not the more accurate, better one that involved hundreds of thousands of people. So this is a massive study. This is 250,000 women. No evidence whatsoever that talc-based powders cause ovarian cancer. Huh. <laughs> I, what's interesting, though, is that the epidemiologist who um, was the author of the study still said that the findings are not definitive. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean... This could be a case of somebody who went in there thinking something was going to go the way that they wanted it to go, and their research didn't show that. So they're like, eh, I might have to revisit this later on until I get the results that I want. But the problem is, is that her research just duplicates other research, which shows that talc does not cause cancer. So it's not like her research is showing something that is completely different from other research that we have been shown in the past. It actually confirms other research, which should suggest scientifically that the likelihood that baby powder or talc is going to cause cancer in anybody, let alone women, uh, would appear to be minuscule. So much so that the likely cause, if caused by anything other than your genes, the likely cause is probably not the talc and not the baby powder. 574-25-95-953, that is 2595. 953. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Pay attention to this story about John Kerry's aide, his senior aide, potentially using a private email account to send the Steele dossier to officials in government, which may have violated U.S. records laws. Of course, uh, John Kerry, Secretary of State at the time. So pay attention to this story. That's gaining some steam today. I also want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. R&B has a huge selection of quality SUVs, cars, trucks, crossovers, minivans. Go to rbcarcompany.com to find out special offers and promotions today. What else do we have going on? Oh, this Justice Department thing about Indiana. Holy moly. Have you guys seen this thing? The Department of Justice has filed a complaint against integrated health care systems based in Indiana, accusing them of making false claims to the Medicare program. Youch. Community Health Network, Inc. has been accused of violating the physician self-referral law commonly known as the Stark Law. It prohibits hospitals from billing Medicare for services referred by a doctor or an immediate family member with whom they have a financial relationship, except when a statutory or regulatory exception applies. In other words, uh, if you can go ahead, if you have a financial benefit with somebody and you can get referred 
to them. There's this inappropriate financial issue between the two of you. And you are basically scamming and defrauding the Medicare system by doing this. So you would be essentially, for monetary reasons, giving government funds to somebody that you have financial ties to. Which is a huge no-no. Now again, this is not the... This is not like the state attorney general's office. This is the federal Department of Justice. The complaint alleged that community financial relationships with multiple doctors that did not meet Stark Law exceptions because the compensations that community, which is, uh, again, community is Community Health Network, Inc. We referred to as community in the article. Because, uh, listen, the complaint alleged that community financial relationships with multiple doctors that did not meet Stark Law exceptions because the compensations community paid to the doctors were, quote, well above fair market value and because community conditioned paying bonuses on physicians achieving a minimum target of referral revenues to the hospital. Wow. Community would then submit claims to Medicare for services resulting from prohibited referrals from these doctors knowing that these claims were not eligible for payment, according to the Department of Justice. Improper financial relationships between hospitals and physicians, corrupt clinical decision-making, threaten patient care, and ultimately drive up Medicare costs. That is the Assistant Attorney General Jody Hunt for the Department of Justice in the Civil Division. Now, what I've always found interesting is that all of these states, I think Indiana's one of them, aren't they? They run around and they file these lawsuits against these drug manufacturers who manufacture opioids, okay? It's not the drug manufacturer that shoves the opioid down your throat. Who does that again, Joe? Uh, the person who prescribes them? Uh, yeah, it would be, it would that, be, it would be the, the doctor who's taking yeah. them. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's responsibility there on the doctor and then the patient. The drug manufacturers just manufacture the drug. The doctors tell them, well, we have patients who need this drug, so we need this much output. And the manufacturer goes, okay, I guess the drug's working pretty darn good. We'll increase output. We'll manufacture the drug. And yes, they absolutely provide samples and kickbacks to the doctors for prescribing these drugs. But the doctor is the one that has to make the decision that prescribing an opioid is in the best interest of the patient rather than taking the kickback to supplement their income. And I always find this interesting. Every time I see people go, I've got to sue the drug makers. The drug makers didn't do anything. The people who got the pills to the patient and the patient themselves who took them are the ones that are ultimately responsible. And there are innocent patients out there who have been given drugs in situations which got them addicted where they were not in a position to say no. That does happen. Once again, falls to the doctors, not the drug manufacturer. There are a lot of people out there who have benefited from these drugs without question, and there are a lot of people who have abused them. You know, my I know, shameless plug here for my doctor again, uh, who's not an advertiser. I don't, I don't know why you're not doing that, Doctor Town. You should be advertising on this show, and you know it. Um. She is very guarded about prescribing these types of drugs. Very guarded about it. Because she actually cares. 
If you're going to get them, you're going to get them in small doses for short periods of time so she can monitor you. And then, and only then, will she evaluate whether or not you continue on these particular drugs. And you're not just going to get it willy-nilly. It's because she cares. It's one of the reasons that she went into uh, direct primary care as opposed to staying at a hospital is because she wasn't able to properly care for patients. That's why she left. We did that interview with her at a pass the mic. Now, another interesting little factoid here, a new medication that has to be taken by a relative is about $724 a month. Brand new. We just got it. Okay. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but a 700 and some odd dollar hit on one medication per month is not exactly in my budget. Do you know how much it costs through my doctor with direct primary care? you have any idea? For those of you who are politicians, okay, at any level, could you please turn up the radio and listen to this? A prescription that is over $700 a month through my doctor is 8 Bucks. Eight dollars. Joe, they, I think they think I'm stuttering. No, it's it's seven hundred dollars. It's normally and normally. then it's eight dollars. Eight point zero zero. And I'm actually underestimating the cost because it was like seven hundred twenty four dollars and some odd change is what it was. So basically seven hundred bucks. Okay. And I'm actually rounding up to the $8 because it's actually under 8 bucks, It's like $7 and change. Now, my doctor's not losing money on it. Okay? She's not losing money on giving that medication. So when the prescription came through and my doctor got the prescription and told us the price, I mean, her jaws dropped. Our jaws dropped. There's two medications that would be nearly $900 a month. You know how much it costs? 13 bucks a month. 13 All because of direct primary care and having a doctor who actually cares about their patients. It's amazing what can happen if you let the free market do its thing. But they just... They can't allow it to happen. And so now you've got the Department of Justice. I know I went on a tangent there and it's not exactly related, but the Department of Justice has now accused Community Health Network, Inc. of defrauding Medicare in the state of Indiana. Why isn't this a bigger story in Indiana news today? I would have thought it would have been. I, I don't know. It's... Just me doing me, I guess. In a couple of days, don't worry, it'll show up as breaking news and an exclusive story on one of the television networks, and they'll take all credit for it, even though they heard it on this show first. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Got a question on the medication thing. So somebody says, yeah, but it's not really $8 a month because you have a monthly fee for the family, right? 
So as unlikely as it is, no visits, uh, $8 plus monthly payment is still nothing versus SCRP. Uh, here's the thing. Here's how much I would pay per month for insurance over, I think it's over like $650 per month just to have insurance versus $150 a month for direct primary care. Uh, hey, Joe, is $150 bigger than or less than 650 so it's one two three four it's less than it's less than 600 so i'm i'm automatically saving hundreds of dollars per month okay now we have my medication for eight dollars which is a is a over 700 dollars per month medication so i have my 150 dollars per month for my family of four that covers everybody in my family just so you know we can go to the doctor as much as we want okay so um, we have $150 versus around $650. We have $8 versus over $700. Um, and do you know how much that medication would be through insurance, an Obamacare compliant insurance policy through our work? How much? That medication out of pocket would be $700 oh, whoa. until I got to my deductible. Now, there, you could use good RX and save a little bit. Uh, things like that, depending on on um, on how you get it. But we when we priced out GoodRx, we got it down quite a bit. Uh, we were able to save several hundred dollars on GoodRx, but it's still way more expensive than the eight dollars per month. And GoodRx is an amazing program. If you don't use it, use it. I mean, it really is an amazing program. And to my employer's credit, they go out of their way to ensure that those things are available to the employees here who take the the company provided insurance. Um, so. What you have to understand is that with the insurance plan that I have, going to the doctor and having insurance is way cheaper than having an insurance policy through an employer or on the Obamacare exchange, and I have way less out-of-pocket for everything. I don't have to pay for those doctor visits, whereas before, I would have to pay my monthly premium, and then I would have to pay for the doctor's visit, and then I have to pay... Uh, for my medication until I hit my deductible and then the 80-20 kicked in. So I'm still not even getting 100% coverage there. So again, it's a no-brainer how much more affordable it is. An absolute no-brainer. Now I'm not telling you you should do it. I mean, whatever your situation is. Uh, with catastrophic coverage to cover anything major like cancer or anything like that, with catastrophic coverage and the direct primary care covers that we have, it is cheaper by miles than any insurance plan that I have been able to price out in the exchange or through work. It's not even close. So it all comes down to you. It comes down to what you need um, and what services are best for your family. For us, it's not even remotely close. It is a million times better. So... Again, you know, maybe you're one of those people that has this, this amazing platinum insurance plan that is not standard and it wouldn't apply to you. Cool. That's awesome. I'm glad that you have that. Most people don't. Most people have a high deductible plan like is offered here. Um, that's just how the, the, the whole system works now. Plans that used to cost almost nothing are now extremely expensive. And so direct primary care, primary care just what they have done for us... And I've even told you this before, my over-the-counter medication for my allergies, a three-month supply is like three bucks. And it's like $25 a month if I go to Walmart. And it's the same stuff. So even the over-the-counter stuff, my doctor like shamed me for my allergy medication 
the last time I had a flare up and I picked some up at the store just to get me by. She's like, why didn't you call me? She's like, why would you pay more? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things. So yeah, it's, if you do the math, you're already paying per month for your insurance policy. And it's why, Joe, how many calls do you field on this per week? Probably still. And I don't even, I haven't even talked about it in a long on, time. On your insurance? Yeah. One or two a week. And, and I don't even mention it all that much. But we got the call yesterday that this $700 prescription was going to be 8 bucks, and went through the roof excited because we're really worried about it. So I'm glad it worked out. But like I said, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But crunch the math on what you're paying anyway, out of pocket for your visits and your premium and all that other stuff. And, you know, just determine what's best for you and your family. That's all. Anyway, 574-25-9595-3. Kind of mysterious that right after the rockets are stopped launching from Iran, an airliner goes down, isn't it?